and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. everybody. Welcome to the Remnant Call. This is your host, Brother Frank. God bless each one of you listening. We are living in some tough times, but I am reminded daily of who is sitting on the throne. And that is our Heavenly Father, and He has got everything under control. And, you know, I'm excited tonight about our guest, Brother David Murray, um, had a word of prayer with me right before the show started. And I want to say thank you, Lord, for your peace that passes all understanding. That kind of peace that when you feel that you're in a rough spot and every the devil's trying to get you distracted, that the Lord just brings you back to his goodness and his mercy. Well, folks, I am coming to you tonight with a very serious prayer request. I have an employee who uh, is a dear, cherished, treasured employee. He is Muslim by birth. Um, he came from the country of Morocco here when he was 14. He's about 39 now. He uh, is getting ready to go get married over in his home country, where he came from. He's a U.S. citizen now, and uh, he's going to be bringing his wife back here. He has been to a Christian church. He's been to a mosque before, but he never really made a decision on what he was going to do with religion. Well, I had mentioned a, some while back that about being at a church I was speaking at, and he was there with me. And the Lord did an amazing, powerful move that day, and I believed with my heart that a seed was planted I didn't expect it. I didn't even see it coming. I was so had so much stress from work that I thought this was going to be the worst sermon I'd ever preached in my life. And well, it probably was if it were not for God. And he stepped in and decided to do something anyways. Well, right now my employee is in a God-sized situation. His father is dying. It's cancer. He's getting ready to get married. He's got to leave for a month. He's thousands of dollars short on money that he needs because in his culture, in his homeland, the wedding is for five days, and it's extremely expensive, more than he wants to spend, but it's the way the culture is. And I looked at his face today as he was sharing his heart with me, and the look from this treasured employee of mine who everybody loves, he does such a good job, I saw the agony in his heart. And I challenged him. I challenged him about prayer and seeking God in this time. And I asked him, I said, have you been praying? He said, yeah, he's been praying. And I began to share all the times that God has had me in, uh, or the devil or whoever's had me in these God-sized situations and how the Lord has always been faithful. Well, I might run a business, but my desire is that every employee knows who Jesus Christ is. And if I had one wish right now, it's that this employee would give his life to Jesus. And I believe this is the moment the iron is hot and it's time to strike. So I'm asking Remnant Call listeners, please lift him up in prayer 
He needs intercession. This is another precious soul that could be added to the kingdom. God needs intercessors, and I'm believing that you will stand in the gap with me. We need to remember that it's all about reaching the lost. We've got a short time on this earth. We need to make the best of it and sharing that Jesus is coming again to rescue his people, to rescue us from this sin-forsaken world. And it's time we make the harvest great. The harvest is out there, folks, but the laborers are few. And I'm asking in Jesus' name that you would please back me in prayer. Well, I'm going to bring on our guest tonight, Brother David Murray. David, I know you're here with us, and I thank you for being on. I know you've heard, and I'm going to ask, David, that you could open up the remnant call tonight with a word of prayer and ask the Lord to reach my employee for him. Please. I'd be honored, Frank. Thank you for having me. Sure. <clears throat> Father God, your word says that wherever two or more agree as touching anything upon heaven, it shall be granted unto them, Lord God. Father, in John 15, it says that if our words abide in you, and you abide in us, Lord God, that you shall hear our prayers and grant us the petitions of what we ask for, Lord God. Father, your word says your desire that none should perish, but all should come to reconciliation through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. So, Father, we know we're speaking according to your will. We know we're speaking according to the desire of your heart. The word says that when we pray according to what is set forth in your heart, that you hear us, you've given us the authority to use the name of Jesus to bring that to pass. And so in Jesus' name, we agree now, Father God, for that employee of Frank's to see you manifest in strength, Lord God, that you will reveal yourself to him as the one true God that all lies and delusions and, Father, everything that has contradicted your nature, Lord God, would just be torn down, that he would see you and see your son for who you really are. We speak your miracles in that power in such a way, Lord God, that not only you'll be glorified, but glorified in a way, Lord God, that your goodness, according to Romans 2, brings all men to repentance. It is your goodness in that man's life that will bring that person to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We speak life upon it. We speak your divine blessings and supernatural provision, Lord God, in a way that it causes a personal encounter to take place, Lord God, yeah. unto true, true salvation in Jesus' name. Bless this night, Lord God. Thank you for your words coming forth. Whatever is not of you falls to the ground, Lord God. I thank you for the brothers and sisters that are tuning in now and tuning in later, Lord God. I thank you for the opportunity that we live in a free land. Lord God, that we live to be able to openly share of your goodness, that we are not an underground church, as many would like to say, Lord God, where we live in fear but that we have the ability in this land to openly proclaim your goodness. We take advantage of it tonight, Lord God. We speak your goodness forth in your word. We thank you for divine revelation and insight to all the listeners, Father, on Remnant Call Radio tonight. Be glorified, Father. Minister to our hearts tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, David. Appreciate it. It's amazing how... Everything's going crazy, but at the moment, 
I was able to recognize his heart. It's like everything else melts away and God reminds you of the preciousness of another soul added into the kingdom. Folks, I don't care what's going on in this world. We have a mission to reach the lost. We have a mission to bring hope to the hopeless. And that's why I care so much and want to see my employees, all of them. But tonight was a special encounter that happened. And I thank you, David, for the prayers. And I thank you, my friends and family out here on the Remnant Call that are praying with me, believing that God will do a miracle. Brother, thank you so much. Amen. David, I know you and I have missed being able to get together a few times with crazy schedules, but I know God yeah. has been moving on your heart. And what a fitting title for tonight, God is Moving. Are you leaving yourself behind? Boy, that is a very good question to ask yourself. And uh, so, brother, share with us, what is God laying on your heart right now? Um, well, thanks, Frank. First of all, thank you. Yeah, and, and life can get crazy, and so I, I, I am just so blessed to be able to come on and share some things that are on Father's heart. And, and you know, guys, this is, you know, for those of you that, that have, you know, tuned in to me, either, whether it's either just through, um, you know, Remnant Call here or, or through, you know, my blog or, or some other, you know, blog talks that I do, um, you'll know my heart, right? Uh, shortcomings aside, the desire of my heart, what God has wired into me is to see two things. The lost come to know him as their heavenly father Amen. through the blood of Jesus Christ. And the second thing is, those that have been entered into the sheep pen and have become brothers and sisters to know father's heart more intimately, to know him more intimately. Yes. Because that's the desire that's on his heart, guys. It's two things. It's to, it's to save his children, his lost children from hell. And then the wonderful privilege and journey that's on his heart of why he created us for deep intimacy and fellowship. And tonight's word is going to be a challenging word guys and and <clears throat> but really you know most of my words are challenging in one form or another right it, you know the, <clears throat> the bible challenges us <clears throat> excuse me so uh, you know what i'm going to share are some things that father has laid upon my heart that i really took a few months to really get quiet um and just wait for that release and that timing and to make sure i was in his window of part of the things he's doing you know we know in part we see in part and and uh the scriptures say we prophesy in part now prophecy we know is the heart of god revealed that's all it is guys it's the heart of god revealed so you know um we don't need to make that a big thing you know so much of, of what's happened is if, well i'll get into that but really guys what i want to encourage you is that the reason why I, now when I first went to submit this, I was starting to put, and I was going to blog on this, God is moving, is he, are you being left behind? And the Lord corrected me very sternly. He said, I'll never leave anybody behind. I will never leave any child of God behind. Those that get left behind are those that refuse to receive my son as Savior. But I am with you always, my son said when he was on the earth. And my son said that when we are faithless, I remain faithful because I will never disown myself. So don't you write that my children leave me. 
So I said, okay, Lord, I'll change that immediately. <laughs> so uh, the title, are, are we leaving ourselves behind? And so what does that mean? What, what's going on? So I'm going to, we have a lot to cover and I, I don't have a lot of time for, for Frank God to get into this. So I'm going to try to be smooth and fast and have the benefit of recordings to go back over it. Guys, what I want to go over what's on Father's heart is for us to understand the prophetic seasons that we're in. To understand everything, guys, we've talked about this before, right? I've talked about it on, on my website, talked about it in pretty much every, every um, teaching that I've, I've, I've done on here um, with Frank, is everything starts from the spirit realm, and it manifests eventually in the physical realm. So if we want to understand what God is doing, we never look to the signs. When Jesus was talking to unregenerate Jews, he was using signs as an expression to understand how we can see things spiritually. But there's a big disconnect, that, 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 and it comes from us living under the old covenant in our mentality. We as born-again believers that have the Holy Spirit inside of us do not look to physical signs to search for spiritual realities. That's backwards. That's old covenant. In the new covenant, because we have the Holy Spirit, we see things and what Father is doing in the spirit realm, and eventually they flow down into the physical realm. That's a kingdom law that we must grab a hold of, and we can never grab a hold of it if we're quoting Old Testament theology. So that's just a side note. Here's what the past, um, I've talked about a little of this before. Um, this is really a continuation of some things I talked about earlier on in the year, what Father is doing in this season. For many of us, we, we experience our Christian walk and fellowship in many different ways. And I recognize many different camps of the body of Christ gather to different um, fellowships, to different, uh, to different um, teachings. And there's many different segments in the body of Christ, much more than I realize in Remnant Talk Radio. But I've, as I've gotten to know many, many of you through, through correspondence, there's many of you that come from many different walks. So some of this word is going to be an encouragement and a, and a confirmation of, of the journey you've already begun partnering with the Lord. For others of you, it's going to be a stern but loving word of correction from Father God. But please understand and know his heart is love. Right? Peter 4, 1 Peter 4, John 12, 9, excuse me, Hebrews 12, 9 and Hebrews 12, 26-ish, all say that discipline comes from love. If we don't understand that, or, or we still don't believe that, we just don't understand his heart and correction. It says he loves, as a child loves, as a father loves his child whom he disciplines, how much more so will your heavenly father chasten those he loves? It's love, guys, because correction brings us into greater intimacy with him if we have been trained by it. That's what Hebrews says. For those that have been trained by discipline, it brings life. If we don't allow discipline and correction to soften and change our heart, it causes a lot of problems. It causes we become open game for the enemy, and we're going to be getting into that. But to start from the beginning, for many of us, we moved out of a religious system. Now, I'm not talking about where we fellowship. I'm talking about what we gather to. It's not where we physically go. 
It's where we spiritually are gathering to. And for many people in the last 10, 20, 30 years, there has been a shift out of a religious system that gathered to man and rules and traditions and was heavily compromised where God began calling a body of Christ that would pick up his heart, that would pick up what's on his heart. And that time, it was a wilderness time for many, many people. You can be in the wilderness while you're still going to the same fellowship, or you can be in the wilderness while you're off fellowship by your own or gathering with one or two or ten people in a home. Again, it's not the physical scenario. It's the spiritual reality. We were called to come apart in our heart, in our thinking, in the desires of our inner being to put him first. And I'll call that the wilderness journey, right? The, 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 if we understand that the Bible has double prophecy, just understand that the nation of Israel is written with a double prophecy to the body of Christ. That's vital to understand that, guys. We can't mix that. The body of Christ is the double prophecy fulfillment of what he spoke to the Jews about, not the lost. We must get that right. And God called his children out into the wilderness. And Hosea says, I called you out. I will woo you out into the desert. I will woo you out of the sin and speak tenderly to you. I will dress your wounds. I will heal your heart. Guys, that's what we were called away to the Lord to do. We were called to great intimacy. We were called to mature. Hebrews 5.12 says that maturity is defined by those who understand the work of the cross, that we have become the righteousness of Christ. That's what an elder is. That's the Bible, not me. Jesus said in John 14.12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth or trusts in me, the works that I do, he shall do also, and greater works he shall do, because I go to my Father. Why? Because when he went to be seated at the right hand of the Father, he gave us the Holy Spirit to live inside of us. New covenant. He didn't say that under the old covenant. He said that pointing to Pentecost. And guys, that word there, verily, verily, there's no English equivalent. That's why they use that kooky language, or truly, truly. It means... It's, it's an emphatic word in the Greek that has no English equivalent. It would be the equivalent of shouting, listen to me at the top of your voice. Listen to me. That's what that Greek word means, verily, verily, or truly, truly in the Greek. He is shouting at the top of his voice in the language of the times, pay attention to what I'm going to say. It was a time, guys, to heal and mature and to enter into the end times as a spotless elder to begin teaching the generation that refused to come out. That was the commission for those that left institutional religion. You were to mature. You were to get to know his heart and know the ways of holiness and love. We were supposed to come away and come back into civilization like John the Baptist pointing the way to Christ pointing to intimacy. Even John's own disciples didn't understand that. They said, John, everyone's leaving you. They're going to this Yeshua guy. 
And he says, what are you talking about? That's why I came. He must increase. I must decrease. Go follow him. Go do what you're called to do. My way is done. I'm getting off the scene soon. We were called to do the same thing. We were called to go back and rescue those that were still stuck in religion and anger and bitterness and hurt. But here's what happened, guys. Many of us rejected that commission. Instead of coming out into the wilderness with broken hearts and woundings and giving them to Christ to heal and to be transformed into his earth ministry and to begin to look like Jesus and how he ministered on the earth, we became hardened, bitter, we became resentful, and we didn't begin to reflect the nature of Jesus Christ more strongly. Now, not everyone, not everyone. There are some who counted the cost. But for many of us in the body of Christ, no matter what externally that journey looked like, many of us internally rejected that season. Guys, think about this. Why did the religious system hate Jesus so much? They hated Jesus because Jesus rejected the religious system that was built on self-validation, earning God's favor and love. The gospel was about tearing down the religious Pharisees, the self-righteous, the spirit of Antichrist in that age, And he pointed them to relationship and intimacy. And guys, God is doing the same thing in this hour. The very throng of the body of Christ that left the institutional religious system, many of us have formed a new one. We just gather differently or we don't gather at all. But we're not gathering to the love of Jesus Christ and what's on his heart. We're gathered to bitterness. We're gathered to unforgiveness. We're gathered Mm. to self-righteousness. Indignation. Wrath. Consider the things we spend our time thinking on and listening to and reading. Guys, Jesus said in Mark 7, nothing outside a person can defile them but rather what, what, nothing that co- goes inside of a person can defile them, but rather what comes out of a person that defiles them. Guys, what is coming out of our lips? What is coming from our inner being, projecting outward at our neighbors, at other Christians, at the lost, at this nation, this president? What's coming from our inner being? That's defiling us. Now, guys, at this point, I want to say many have answered that call. Many have come away and gotten great healing. I've, I am absolutely blessed to see and get feedback from hundreds and hundreds of Christians that 
have begun to see what Father's doing in this throne room. They've begun to move in his heart. They've begun to experience the outflow of the Spirit of God in their daily interactions. They're, they've been healed of bitterness and anger. I've had people say, that I've suffered from bitterness and unforgiven from Christians that have hurt me and wounded me for 20 years. And David, I'm finally starting to apply God's word. I'm finally starting to let him change me. I can't believe I waited so long for this. They're beginning to move in power, in healing, physical, emotional, spiritual healing toward others and themselves. Relationships are being healed. Finances are beginning to throw, uh, uh, flourish. Spirit life is opening up with all sorts of divine encounters and fruits of the Spirit and gifts of the Spirit. Guys, Satan only can counterfeit what Christ has given us inside of us. That's it. There's no counterfeit without the genuine. It's one of the signs of where we are in our relationship with him. If we're more focused on the counterfeit than we are experiencing ourselves, the reality of his kingdom that lives in us, we're, we're out of alignment, guys. We have a problem. Guys, for us to move along with the Lord, we have to understand the Lord has us camp. He has us move. He has us do warfare. We were called to camp for a long time. We were called to come off the front lines and heal. Allow him to heal us. Guys, God, I, I can't even, I can no longer say, I've been saying for about, I began publicly teaching about five years ago, four and a half years ago. Prior to that time, I was in my own wilderness journey for 20-something years. And I would, I would share and speak in small fellowships and coffee shops with believers. I'd meet wherever. And it was only about five years ago the Lord began uh, um, opening things up for me to speak in a more public forum through, through my blog, uh, through the book, and through, and through people that I've had divine connections with, Frank being at the top of that list. And for the last five years, uh, four and a half years, I have been as best able to share what Father is doing and share that we're in a season of tremendous grace. Now, many, many, many in the body of Christ have bore witness with that, and they began to heal. They focused on their relationship with Christ. They focused on what God wants to do in each and every one of us. And they're moving along with the timing of God. But for some of us, guys, we are choosing to leave ourselves behind in the wilderness. We're choosing to stay in bitterness and unforgiveness. Now, here's the, here is the amazing thing. Father God will always love us. Jesus will never reject us. Ever. The Word says it. All throughout the New Covenant. He loves us. He sees us as He sees His own Son. But, he cannot force us to partake of his divine nature in our soul. He cannot force us to live the life of abundance and peace and joy with signs following. That's up to us. Guys, I want to consider this question. This isn't for everyone. This is for people that have... I'm going to get into this, guys. I'm, I'm going to get into the four stages. Well, you know, let's start with that. Let's... Let's start with that. We're moving along. Our timing is going good. Guys, there are four dangers of a child of God removing 
the lampstand of the Holy Spirit from their relationship. Now, I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about your calling, your commission, God's divine best plan for you. Never his love. That will never leave. He will never forsake us or leave us. But there are four stages that we have to look at that I want to share with you. And, and I ask each one of us to take a spiritual inventory with him and really get real. Right? The time of playing games, guys, is over. It's over. It's done. God has moved on. I'm the season of that grace where I've been saying for four years, there's time. There's time to heal. There's grace in this season. Guys, that season's ending. It's time to pick up the desire of our heart and decide if it's going to come into alignment with him or not. He'll love you to the day you die and, and, are, and have your glorified body. But on this earth walk, how we choose to walk it out, it, we're at a crossroads. That time is now. Guys, there are four stages, and they're serious stages for those that won't come into agreement with God wants to do in this season. The first stage is that we'll be, we will leave ourselves behind in God's timing. If we don't partner with what's on his heart, right? W- 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 the reason where that comes from, guys, it's rooted in a spirit of stubbornness and a, and a, a spirit of self-pity and unforgiveness. Those three spirits will attack us always. When we first came out of that religious system, most of us came out completely hurt, wounded, disillusioned from pastors, from prophets, from those calling themselves apostles. It doesn't matter what man titles it. There's a legitimate. Guys, there are legitimate prophets and apostles and pastors and evangelists and all the gifts of the Spirit. They are real. They function in this hour. They never went away. And there's legitimate operations of that. But for many of us, we were wounded, severely wounded. I was one of them, guys. Go back to one of my dear brothers in the Lord, Benjamin Baruch, um, he had me on um, my first broadcast. Uh, it was a 1017 of 2015 broadcast. And I give my testimony there of what I came out, uh, came out from under. Um, and it, it, was, it was a horrible time in my life. I was 19 years old at the time, 20, going on 20. And I was hurt not by the lost. I was hurt by Christians. So for those of you that are hurting still, I get it. I get it. But whenever we leave a situation because of hurt, even in obedience to God, stubbornness, unforgiveness, and a spirit of self-pity will always attempt to try to find legal spiritual access to our heart. Guys, if we do not repent of that, if we do not begin to seek God for forgiveness, for healing, it leads to the second stage, which is bitterness and envy. So I'll explain those two. Bitterness is because an unforgiving heart begins to turn bitter. And the seeds that are sown begin to produce fruit. That's a spiritual principle of the kingdom. Whatever we sow, we'll reap. It's not even a principle. I can't say it's a principle. Principles can be bent. It's a law. That's a spiritual law. What you sow, you reap. When we've sown into unforgiveness, it grows to bitterness. Where the envy takes place is because we will begin to envy those that we see that have answered the call, that are moving on in Christ. 
And when we have a bitter spirit and we're still operating in stubbornness, self-pity and unforgiveness, and now bitterness becomes the strong man, we begin to resent and envy those that are moving on with God when we chose not to. That opens us up. That is the stage. At that stage of bitterness and envy is the stage that opens us up to spirits of delusion. That's where false doctrines take root in our walk with God. That's where the scriptures say tickling ears will seek after that. Rejecting the gospel and turning to things that tickle the ears because we look for things to either soothe or feed our bitterness and anger and envy. That's a very dangerous place to be. Once we give over to delusional doctrines, how do we know it's delusional? It's, it doesn't reflect Father's heart. It's not grounded in love. Holiness is grounded in love. Discipline is grounded in love. You hear anything outside of that, there's an element of Father's heart that's missing. And depending on the degree of how much those teachings are bending Scripture, it turns into outright demonic doctrine. When we give in to delusional doctrines, when we've given over into a spirit of bitterness, it sets the stage up for the next strong man, which is a spirit of hatred and murder. Guys, we're talking about, we're, we're, you know, we're tonight, tonight's reckoning, guys, and I say this in love. This isn't milk. This is the meat of the word. This is the reality. This is the reality we talk about standing before life and death. This broadcast tonight's about that. And for those of you that know me or, or have gotten to know me either through email correspondences, through phone, or, or, or through my, my teachings and my blogs, you know, I, I, you know, I don't really, I have no respect for the enemy. None whatsoever. Not afraid of him whatsoever. Right? As a child of God, I'm learning more and more every week my dominion authority. And there's an expression I heard, I've loved it, I've repeated it a bunch of times. I don't focus on demons, Satan, the enemy, but if he gets in my crosshairs, I pull the trigger. I do that every time I lay hands on a stranger, every time I heal someone in the name of Jesus Christ, every time I minister the love of Jesus Christ, every time I am honored with giving a word of correction to the body of Christ. I'm pulling the trigger. Guys, when a spirit of hatred and murder begin to come into our soul, we're in really serious trouble. What happens is we begin to openly oppose God's work and we don't know we're doing it. We begin to think we are messengers of righteousness, but our heart begins to get filled with hatred. And hatred unchecks leads to wishing people dead. It's a spirit of murder. I've seen that spirit operate many, many times through believers, much more so than the lost. Because as believers, guys, here's a spiritual principle that we need to understand. As believers, we have lawful access to the realm of the kingdom, which means if we abuse the spiritual authority that we have, we much more easily can get off into counterfeit. It takes a lot more work for a person who's lost to get off into the things a Christian can. Don't have time to get into that. Uh, you know, don't make me say something I'm not, please. But please understand, as Christians, the potential to wield wrongful authority is very grave. 
And so after we've gone from not moving with God's timing, we stay in unforgiveness, we move into bitterness and envy, it turns into hatred and murder. And the last final step, guys, is we begin to outwardly, outright reject his word when he speaks. We will begin to twist and contort his spoken word and his written word. We will begin to gather tools of Satan to justify our hatred. At that point, we have become enemies of the gospel. And at that point, we're in serious trouble of forfeiting our lampstand and rejecting Christ. He will never reject us. But there are a lot of brothers and sisters out there in that hour that are borderline insane. I mean insane, fractured souls, because a spirit of hatred that leads to delusion will fracture our soul. It will drive us crazy. We will lose our sound mind. We will be calloused to the things of God and his spirit. We will become calloused to the God of love. And hatred, God, is of Satan. It's demonic. And it doesn't cut the mustard for us to say, well, I hate sin, but I love the person. We either do or we don't, and we're not fooling God, and there's no hiding in the realm of the spirit. The enemy sees the open doors for where they are, and God sees where we are and is trying to call us back. Here's a question. For those of you that struggle, that are struggling with the delusion of self-righteousness, let me ask you a question. If Jesus said in Matthew 7.22 to people that performed all sorts of miracles and signs and wonders in his name, I never knew you, what do you think he's going to say to those of us that have done absolutely nothing for him? Have mercy. Right, Frank? Guys, we've hidden under that scripture and perverted that scripture to think that, well, all these signs and wonders, well, they're counterfeits. So that means I will do nothing that's on his heart. I will reject his commission. I will reject the desires of heart. I will reject the spirit that lives inside of me. I will reject the fruits and the gifts of the spirit. Do we really think that's going to please him? Frank, you were starting to say something. No, not at all, brother. I was just agreeing. Oh, okay, okay. Guys, we, need, we really, some of us, not all of us, some of us really need to, to have a dialogue, a conversation with, with Jesus about that. If he will reject those that didn't know him that were performing signs, what is, it, what is he going to say to us that have done nothing in our walk? And guys, this is not about works-driven salvation. Again, don't make me say something I'm not. Please keep it within context. What I'm talking about is the motive of our heart, the delusion Satan has placed and blanketed over so many of us because the open door has been unforgiveness. Woundings are not the open door. Every one of us gets wounded. It's what we do with that wound that determines whether it comes under the sanctification and protection of the blood of Christ or whether it becomes an open door to demonic influence. It's the motive of the heart. You know, David, 
it it just it's like you look at all the word of god and and he, all the knowledge and all the gifts of the spirit and everything and and you boil it all down and it comes to this head in Matthew 25 and he says what really matters honestly is when you're hungry you fed him when you were sick yep. in, sick or in prison you visited him you know it, it was all about did you actually care about the body yeah. of believers and it's amazing that yeah. it all if you look at the final question in the end and you're right it's not about works it's about desiring the same things he desires sharing the same amen, amen. it's not about yeah. his heart it's not a works based yeah. salvation but yeah. but yeah. he it's natural that if you care for him you'll care for others and and yeah. i find it amazing you can wash every single title away behind your name every miracle you've ever done and and if if you don't care for the body then i don't believe you're sharing his heart amen first corinthians and that only comes through getting to know him personally amen and, and that's frank what father's doing yes go ahead good sorry no it's the other day I was driving down the road and I saw some young college students putting a sign out and them saying, you know, put the homeless in homes. And, and I, my wife and I work extensively with the homeless because of my drug addiction in the past. Um, and, and I knew it was just a, you know, kind of a liberal trendy thing they were doing and everything. And, and I agree. I wish they were in homes, but I wanted to get out and turn around and come back and say, you know what, you can put them in homes, but if you don't follow up with them, if you don't care for them, if you don't help them through, that will do no good. You will put yeah. them in a home and they'll be right back on the street. I've seen it happen over and over. It's the same in the body. If there's no discipleship, if there's no caring for people, they will go right back no matter what you do. You've got to care and, and look after your fellow man. Yeah. And it just frustrated me because I was like, well, yeah, your idea is partially good. But the truth is you've got to care and follow up with these people. They need actual help long term. And um, anyways, it's just a – it just oh, it reminds you. me all the yeah. time how much we must care for others. It's not the about problem, us. Frank, and it, yeah, it, no, not at all. And, and, the, and the problem that – this generation is facing is that we can only give what we have, right? Peter, as Peter was on his way to fellowship, you know, a cripple got in the way, right? Peter had, you know, in Acts, it talked about, you know, Peter and John were on their way to fellowship and they came across a cripple. And Peter said, I don't have money to give you right now, but here's what I do have. Such as I have, I give you, get up and walk. So, guys, we can only, what Frank is talking about, what I've shared, what I blog about all the time, I, I'm always trying to balance out teaching in the Word of God and then showing it through examples. Because you need theology, which is the springboard to actually live the life. But it has to get inside of us first. You can't earn it from the outside in. Jesus denounced that, called it whitewashed tombs. We are transformed inside out. We can't wake up and say, okay, I listened to, you know, David pointed out some good scriptures. I'm going to get out there and I'm just going to, I'm going to do something good. Guys, it does not work that way. I'm not saying don't act on that. 
because love begets love. The more, the more we, we act in love, the more Jesus partners with us in our spirit being, and it begins a healing process. It's part of a healing process, but it's not self-righteous works. Doing acts of kindness draws the spiritual kingdom and the atmosphere of heaven. It's, it doesn't earn us brownie points. So I know I'm covering a lot, guys. I want to stay focused here. What, what God is doing is he's called us to heal. And many of us have rejected that. And our spiritual walk has become very cloudy and darkened and bitter and hateful. And Father's moving on, guys. He's moving on. I want you to consider some of the things in the last five years since I've, since, since, the Lord has kind of reintroduced me a lot to the body of Christ. We've talked about in 2013, Pope Bergoglio was the Antichrist. 2014 is the Harbingers, who was the end of the United States. 2015, the Blood Moons, who was the end of the, uh, of the United States, and there was going to be a world economic collapse. Then Obama would be the last president. There would be World War III. Then Trump was the Antichrist in 2016, and a nuclear bomb was going to be detonated on U.S. soil. There was a solar eclipse in 2017, which was to signal the real financial collapse this time. And then 2017, there was Korea, and it was going to be World War III. In each of those seasons, Father was speaking to us what was on his heart. And I shared many of those throughout 2015 and on. And, and, and a wonderful friend of mine I've talked about many times, Benjamin Baruch, is a dear brother of mine. Uh, take a bullet for him, as I would for Frank. You know, we talked about how the body of Christ, we, just, we would pray and, and continue to pray and, and fast for the body of Christ because we're missing it. We're not healing. We're turning to things that feed our bitterness and hatred. And if you go back towards some of those, uh, my broadcasts and some of the teachings during that time, I shared what Father was doing at that time. I shared what, what, he, what was really going on in the spirit realm and what, how we were to partner with it. And praise God, many people sought the face of God and they got direction for him. They got into the word and are continuing to get into the word and they're healing they're learning what it means to be completely loved and accepted by him. They're learning to forgive. They're learning that their identity comes from the accomplished work of Jesus. You can't earn it. The Father loves us fully, completely, forever. And as a result of that, they're being transformed. They're changing into his image as a result of embracing his nature. I mean, my goodness, so many times, well, if we talk about God's love, does that mean we're going to sin? Hey, if that's your thing, go for it. I can't stop you. But the Bible is the Bible. The Word of God is the Word of God. And it says that it is a revelation of His goodness and love for us that transforms us into Christ, and then we begin walking as Christ walked the earth. That's what the apostles in the first century, even into the second century church had. They had a revelation of Jesus Christ. That's why the Roman Empire went to be the official language, the official belief system, when just before it was persecuted, to it being the official belief system. And then we got off into nonsense and stuff. But anyway, my point is, is that 
Guys, 2019 was to be a continuation. It was a time to pick up and heal, to restore fellowship. It was a time to be discipled and to disciple others. It was a time to get to know Father's heart, know his love. It was a season to rest and to grow up into maturity. I've had people reach out to me recently. David, you know, do you want to get together with some people and, and have a solemn assembly? We've had them. We've already had them, guys. What are we going to do with another one? What are we so solemn about? We have the good news, not the bad news. And the good news is that Jesus Christ has come and taken back what Satan stole. That's the full message of the gospel. Guys, when we talk about where we need to repent, there's, there is repentance. I am telling you, I am sharing with you what's on Father's heart. In the new covenant, if it bears witness, it's, it will bear witness to your spirit. If not, you toss it out. What's on Father's heart right now is a time to heal and mature in him. And where we're at, guys, 2, two Peter 2, and we're going to finish up here in a minute. 2 Peter 2 says, people are slaves to whatever has mastered them. Matthew 6, he says, but if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Matthew 22, he said, for many are invited, but few are chosen. And guys, that's the thrust of where we're at right now. We've all been invited but few have responded that will be able to go on to the next phase of what he's doing. Guys, commissions have already gone forth. It's already begun. He is commissioning people that will move in great power, great love, that will fulfill with the desires that are on his heart. For those of us that, that have not this is a word of correction. It's love. But it, it's a final call, guys. It's a final call. And we're not going to see thunderbolts of lightning in the sky or open our front door and see an earthquake. He's not going to get your attention that way. We have work to do. Our covenant is a two-way covenant. Prophecy, guys, is 99% of the time in Scripture conditional. That means there's a God side and a man side. I've taught on that many times. Understanding what he's looking to do and the desire of his heart, this definition, the Greek word for prophecy, to speak what's on Father's heart, what he wants to do, his mind, will, and intention. So Paul said, I desire you all prophesy, because we all should mature and know his heart. This discipline, guys, is a final call. He has begun to set forth in his love, disciplining the body of Christ that is refusing to heal and forgive. Discipline has come to the threshing floor of the house of God. The experience externally is going to be different for each person because his discipline is love. And it's a one-off blueprint. He knows how each, every one of us are wired. He made us. He knows what he made. He knows what Satan has twisted. 
So the, the correction, the discipline will look differently for each person. The body of Christ, we will experience the chastening of the Lord spiritually, emotionally, relationally, physically, financially. We're going to experience loss and chasing each one of these areas. Now, when I say physically, God does not ever, ever, ever give us sickness. Ever. That's a lie from the pit of hell. But what happens is when we give over to a spirit of bitterness, unforgiveness, and hatred, that spiritual doorway that opens up for Satan to attack us is a chasm. And the grace of God is lifting in areas just as it's been lifting over the United States to help wake the body of Christ up. You can't wake up the lost, guys. They're dead. You can't wake up a dead person. We've got to get our doctrines in order, guys. You can't wake the dead. You raise the dead. Only the body of Christ has the resurrection power. The chastening that's come upon this nation and is now upon the body of Christ is to shake us up, to bring us to repentance. So if, if we hear words, time to repent, time to repent, we need to ask God, what in my heart do I need to repent of? It's not your cigarettes and going to McDonald's and having high cholesterol or how many times you do or don't read the Bible. Guys, that's junk. He wants your hearts. He wants your heart. He deserves all of you. And that's love, guys. It's not wrath or anger. It's a loving jealousy. And his hand is now upon the body of Christ. First Peter 3 says, lack of love and honor of one another will hinder our prayers, specifically with husbands to wives. Hebrews 12 says, to take, take, up, take heed that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by so many become defiled. Guys, Romans 12 says, a spirit of bitterness will defile you. Guys, in 1 Samuel 15, 23, let's cross-reference that spiritual principle. Now, I'm going under Old Covenant, not to quote Old Covenant theology, but to quote a spiritual principle. There's a difference. Everything points toward the New Covenant. So when we go into the Old Covenant, we must see the principles of God as explained through Jesus' earth ministry. That's called progressive revelation. 1 Samuel 15, 23, we're going to close up here, guys. For rebellion is the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Guys, for those of us that are in rebellion to what he's wanted to do in our heart and have held on to stubbornness, we are operating in witchcraft. And the grace that has allowed us to get by with only a little bit of bumps along the way is lifting. We're in for some chastening of the Lord. It is heavy chastening, but it's love. And I've seen this coming for several years now. And the Lord's laid on my heart, now is the season. Now is the time. Judgment now begins with the household of God. And it has to do with those that came out and didn't let him Heal us, transform us, touch us, bring us into maturity, get to know what it means to be the righteousness of Christ and the apple of his eye. Guys, here's the awesome, awesome thing for those of us that 
allow ourselves to be trained by it. Hebrews 12, 11, no discipline seems pleasant at the time. Tell me about it, guys. I've been disciplined many times by the Lord, but it's painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those, here's the condition, guys, for those who have been trained by it. Guys, there's one or two ways we're going to respond in this hour to this. We are going to repent and begin to allow him to speak to our issues and our hurts and pains and anger and wrath or we're going to become more bitter and we'll go down a deeper road of witchcraft. And at that point, our spiritual walk is, is in grave danger. That's not fear-mongering. That's the reality. That's the kingdom. I'm, I'm sharing with you in love some of the things that are on his heart. Not everything. This is a piece of what is on his heart in this season. Guys, the promises... For us, if we come into alignment, and for those guys that already have, that are already, whether you begin to see the fruit, uh, so many of you share with me, and it it is carried me through to keep me from getting discouraged, that you're going to see more and more of. And for those that make the correction, you will begin to see the following as well. He'll fulfill his end of the covenant. He's going to give us beauty for ashes. He'll fill you with his love. He will empower you. He will commission you to shake up your neighborhood, shake up your job, shake up your workplace, shake up everywhere you set your foot to set people free, to give the love of Christ to the lost, the dying world. He is going to set a feast, a table in the midst of Satan's fallen army. Satan won't be able to touch you. Not earning it because you will begin to understand that as a son and daughter of God, Satan can't touch us. We give him no right or access. I give you no permission, Satan will say. I have no bitter root in me. I am not defiled in my relationship. Guys, we will begin to know what it's like to be raised up. Jesus said he will raise us up if we humble ourselves. Humility starts by repenting of our rebellion. He will begin to exalt us in our midst because we will begin to glorify Christ in our life. Guys, there are many that say, listen, guys, I live in New York. And I'm not talking upstate New York. I'm right next door to the boroughs. I was born in the Bronx, spent my summers in the Bronx. I live in New York. Times Square Min- uh, Church Ministries, David Wilkerson's ministry in New York. So f- for, for those that like to say, well, the lost don't want to hear, they don't want to hear anything, guys, I'm in New York. And I can tell you people are hungry. If they don't want to hear what we have to say, it's because we stink. We reek. We reek of hatred and anger and bitterness. And nobody wants that. They don't care what we call ourselves. They don't care what we say. They care what we emanate from our inner being, whether it's lightness or darkness, love or hate. There are a lot of people coming to Christ in New York. (laughs) There's a lot of people coming to Christ in New York. There are a lot of people getting healed and delivered. There's a lot of street ministry that goes on uh, in New York, a lot of it. And it's taking place by those who came out of the wilderness 
and come forth with the glory of the Lord shining on their countenance. And people are drawn to that. Guys, I want to read you one scripture. Encourage you. Isaiah 60. This is something many of us don't like to read. Gloss right over it. For behold, verse 2. 60, verse 2, Isaiah. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Now, guys, many of us like to say, oh, that already happened. That's not happening. That's already done in Christ. No, because Jesus says the darkest times are yet to come. Joel says that uh, there's prophecies that are still yet to take place. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, will dream, your old men will dream dreams, right? The moon will turn to blood before the, coming, the great and coming day of the Lord. There's going to be an increase in gifts and, minist- and, and, and manifestations of the legitimate Holy Spirit before the coming day of the Lord. It's in Joel 2.28. We gloss right over that. I want to talk about anger and bitterness. And Isaiah here, the darkness shall cover the earth. That's where we're heading, guys. Scriptures say when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard. He will raise a standard. The more watermark of what he's requiring of his people will be raised. Guys, that's the gener- we are in that now. The king's the, the leaders, the people that govern the lands around us are going to see the light of the Gentiles by those who allow God to transform them. The rest of us, we will leave ourselves behind. And when we begin to run the risk of cursing the very people that walk the earth like Jesus, that is a fact. Jesus prophesied in the end times, the love of the church will grow cold. But for those, the remnant, who allow God to transform them into his inner image. Not legalism. It's not about pork, guys. It's not about how much we hate people that hate God. It's about being Jesus Christ on the earth. The transformation He will raise you up. He will give you abundance in relationships. He will heal lifelong wounds. He will restore finances. He will bless you. He will get you out of debt and poverty. He will supply all of your needs in surplus and overflowing in abundance. Now, I'm going to speak to some widows that I know tune in. And I'm going to say, God sees your heart and your faithfulness. And you hang in there. And I ask forgiveness for the body of Christ that has rejected it. We have rejected our call to take care of the orphans and the elderly and the widows. And you, you hang in there because your reward is coming. Amen. Not everyone who's in need is in rebellion. So, guys, that is the message. God is moving. That time is upon us. We are no longer camp. He has struck camp. Um, and he is moving. Amen. 
So thank, thank you, Frank. You yeah, no, thank you. Folks, listen, I know there's a lot of struggles, and there's chastening from the Lord, but I, I want to share with you something. Romans um, 6.14, For sin shall, no, shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. You see, grace came from God so that sin would no longer rule over us. And then in Romans 5.20, it says that moreover the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did abound more, or much more abound. See, folks, a lot of times that war you feel within you, that struggle when you do something wrong, that sometimes that chastening that, you know, you're, you, the sin is, you know, you're doing something that you shouldn't, and then you feel that conviction, that's grace. Warring against sin because the Lord came to set you free. See, the law Amen. simply revealed it, but he says you're not under that anymore. You're now under grace. And if you're under grace, you're no longer the servant of sin. And I learned years ago that grace sometimes, folks, and I know this is hard for some people to understand, but sometimes grace is violent. It's not violent in a bad way. But it's that inner struggle that you feel so often when you're like, and I'm struggling. I want you to remember next time you are struggling against something, remember, that is God's grace warring for your soul. That's God's grace warring for you. And that it, next time you get all down and you beat yourself to death because you feel like you just can't get free, remember that war that's happening, that's God. He's actually fighting for you because when sin abounds, grace will abound even more. It will come in hard. And when I began to understand that the war that I felt at times was my Heavenly Father fighting for me, well, that changed the game for me. I don't need to be beat up by the war anymore. I understand that my Heavenly Father is now warring on my behalf. And the Spirit of God is fighting for us. That's grace. Grace gives forgiveness and mercy, but it also gives victory. Like David said, it's not about works, but as we grow closer to the Lord, we begin to become transformed, and the devil doesn't like that. So there are things that happen, and then God graciously reveals more of our lives to us and begins to transform us. And when it feels that heat of the battle, that's grace. It's coming in strong because the Lord is about deliverance and setting you free. There's no greater feeling than knowing that there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And so, folks, keep encouraged. Remember, the battle is not to kill. It is to set you free. When you struggle, remember, Amen. God doesn't hate you. He's warring for you. If it's not, if it's his desire that none would perish, then why would you think if he laid down his life while you were yet sinner, now that you've messed up, why would you think for a moment that he hates you? No, it's the opposite. He loves you, and he's going to fight for you till the very end. If you're lost, it's because you walked away. It's not because he didn't try everything. There's not a single one of us right here that wouldn't lay down our lives, do anything to get our children's attention. Why would you think our Heavenly Father would do any different? You didn't get that emotion from yourself. 
That emotion came from the king. The love you feel for your children and the willingness to die for them and to do whatever to save their lives, that came from God. He does the same for us. And, and folks, he's jealous. He's very jealous because he doesn't want you to be with someone else. He wants you for him. And he does whatever he has to because he cares. If someone's running off a cliff and you see they're heading for the cliff and yet you do nothing, then I question if you love them. But if they're running for the cliff and you throw yourself out there in front of them and say, don't do it, man, this is, you, it's danger up ahead, that's love. And that's what our Heavenly Father did when Jesus came to this earth and laid his life down for us. Folks, keep encouraged. Keep the faith. The struggle is real, but God is the victory. And David, it's not going to be much more longer, brother. One day we're all going to be sitting in the kingdom. Won't it be great? Man, won't need to have a remnant call anymore. (laughs) Amen? We won't need it. Amen. It's like, hey, brother, pass me a piece of that fruit from the tree of life. Amen? You want to have some good food? I'll meet you down at the tree of life. Let's have something to eat. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. We're going to be hanging out, Frank. (laughs) Looking forward to it. Praise God. David, thank you so much for reminding us of the importance of it's not about, folks, there's, it's great to be awake to the hour that we're in, but if you're, not, if you're not caring for the soul, for your own soul, and caring for the souls of others, then you're simply just going to be alert to the times. And there will be people that are alert to the times that will not walk into the kingdom because they had no idea who their Heavenly Father truly was. That will be the saddest day of the Lord's I believe he'll ever, is that day when it's finally all done. I cannot imagine that he's going to enjoy that for one second for those who have chosen not to be with him. God bless you, brother, for encouraging us tonight. Thank you, Frank. And keeping us grounded in the word. Amen. God bless you. God bless everybody here. If you don't know David Murray, you can check him out. David, give them your website and how they can follow what you're doing. Uh website is dwmurray.com. Uh, it's Murray without an A, D-W-M-U-R-R-Y.com. And uh, there's, there's, I think there's things that will bless a lot of people and will minister, especially to people that are hurting and wounded. Guys, it's never too late. It's never too late. It's just about what's the desire of our heart. Thanks, Frank. I appreciate it. Man, you know, like my father used to tell me, you know what you can't be forgiven of? The things you won't ask. God is so willing to forgive. Yeah. He loves us dearly. God bless you. God bless your family. This is Brother Frank and Brother David on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom.